We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. about, about, about. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is Brunch Culture, the show where you come to hear us talk about everything because everything is up for discussion. Yes, and we're so happy to be back with y'all. We've been gone for a minute. Now we back with the jump off. That's what I was just about to say. We really in sync. Case something pop off. Hey, I wasn't gonna say that part because I remember it. (laughs) You know what? I wonder what your version would have been though. You know your version be like it be close, but it'll be exactly (laughs) what they said. (laughs) It'd be like it'd be on. You be there, like you be in a. You be on the same track. You just don't be on the right first. Yes. Yeah. Not quite there. Not, not, not quite there. That's that's all right though. So how you been, Lisa? I've been good. It's been busy, crazy. Had Fox News out here lying on me in these streets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was about to strap for you with the Fox News thing. I was just <laughs> out here just blatantly lying. I was it really did. It really did check me though, because you know how we read pieces, right? And we take pieces and we say, "Oh, this is what the person said," and then right. we like I've gone and quoted and be like, and then they're like, "I didn't say that." I really it didn't click to me. Like, man, I'm just barely gonna share anything because I don't know if these people lying on these people or not. Exactly. I felt like real life violated. Like you put my name in the national news and made some stuff up. And it was direct quotes they used, right? They used like direct quotes to get you. Direct quotes that I didn't even say. Yeah. So that's why everything scammed me. Like, honestly, that's really, I haven't really been watching the news. Um, (laughs) It's so, because I feel like everything is a scam now. Like, I don't be knowing. It's clickbait. Yeah, for real, for real. There was some article, it was not too long ago, Trump did something or said something, but the headline to the article actually made it 10 times worse. And like, you know me, I'm I'm not out here trying to be like, oh no, let's stand up for Trump. But I'm like, you know, there's enough stuff out there. There's enough issues to take just in general you don't need to like fabricate anything because then when once you fabricate something then people don't can't trust you and then people think oh well you know there's one person that's out here lying and it overshadows all the actual stuff that's going on it's just kind of like yo we don't need to do that and i just everything is is i feel like it's a scam because everybody's trying to get you to come to their website to listen to what they're talking about listen to their their show there and i you know obviously we we have a podcast so I get it, but I just feel like boost your creativity, yo. Like, make it, it keep it factual, but make it like, you know, a, a unique way to draw people in. You don't have to, don't make it a direct quote or this person said this. And it's like, but when I read the transcript, that's not what they said. Like, that's not what it was or what they said. You just took it completely out of context. Like, give the whole sentence, give the whole paragraph. Let me like make my own decision. Folks ain't out here trying to do that. It's really, it's really, it's really, really crazy. 
But she, yeah, I just I don't know what to say. You know, it's just so much happening in the world. I don't even know where to begin. But I guess this is America is a good place to start. This is America. Don't Land of the free, sleeping. home of the brave. Is that what you say? No, that's Lecrae. Like, My bad. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, what? He got I don't a song remember that line. This is America too. So oh, when I said okay, this okay, is okay. America, <laughs> okay, 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 it went to another line. Okay, yeah, because I was back. like, wait, I don't I'm remember back. that line in. <laughs> that's okay but i was gonna I, you know i was gonna let you have it because remember we just talked about your lyrics be, uh, they be in the ballpark <laughs> so they might not be exactly what was said but that ain't too far from what he's talking about <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy because i really was so confident and then i was like no i don't think that's it though and i was just about to say but... don't catch you slipping you was like what did he say land of the free home and i was like "Ooh, i don't Okay, cool. <laughs> like, All right. No. <laughs> I'm going to let you have that one. That's cool. But yeah, so this is America, the video. You saw it? What you think? Yes. So, this is my thing. It's just, I don't like how we've been desensitized to violence. I'm like, he just shot this man in the head. And yeah. then he shot this whole choir. And I didn't really like it because uh, I think Charlamagne had pointed this out. Why didn't he have a white person shooting him um, instead of a black person shooting him? Um, I get hmm. what he was trying to say. I get yeah. the messages. I just didn't like. I'm like, man, you just shot him in the head. Like I, I think he should have had a trigger warning before that came on. Well, I think doesn't it have like the? It was like they they're like the obscene images or tough images or something like that. Didn't they come on? I think it came on before the video. I watched it on YouTube. It like, okay. Yeah. I watched it on YouTube, maybe like a day or two. I was actually kind of late. So everybody was really on it and I kept seeing it pop up on Instagram. Um, but I just didn't have time to actually go and look it up. And I finally, I wonder, did down. they add that? Cause I don't remember seeing that at first. I was gonna say it or probably was added for YouTube though. Like maybe when you first saw it, it wasn't there. Cause I watched it. Like I watched it like a couple days later. And so I'm sure, you know, everybody had been talking about it. It had been everywhere. It was like sparked off. I think it actually came. Did it come on when he was on Saturday night live? That's when he released it. Um, now, I don't know. I saw it on YouTube the next day. Okay, yeah, I think it came out. I think he released it while he was on Saturday Night Live, or it was kind of like in conjunction with that, some kind of way. Um, and I just, I, I immediately, like, I got it. I was watching the stuff that was in the background because I, what told me that I shouldn't be looking at, the, like, at really paying attention to the foreground stuff was he was like, the the dances he started doing like in the beginning when he was like kind of like jumping around and then he got taco meat and so I was like bro this look like this is look a little weird like <laughs> why are you doing this and so then my mind I was like okay so he can't actually want us to pay attention to him so let's look at everything else that's going in the background and then like I got it I was like oh wow like this is crazy what was interesting immediately interesting to me though was at first I didn't I thought it was even the fact that they were showing it on YouTube and showing like people the people getting shot that way and like he shot somebody in the head I was kind of like, wow, I'm, I'm 
shocked that y'all actually showing this. Like, I thought that that would be at least censored, but I think I initially, I just, I got it. I got what he was doing. I never thought about like the whole, you know, it being a black person that's shooting him. I think maybe like, as you said that, I think that maybe he was trying to wake us up because i think one of the things is i think he was overall talking about like the country as a whole how we kind of find ways to um soften the blow or we're on to the next like dance crave or whatever it is that you know everybody's focusing on there's all these other issues going on but i think he was specifically to me at least that he was specifically talking to like the black community being like yo like yes we are trying to have a good time yes you know, we want to find ways to alleviate all the stress that we have to deal with. But look at what you're focusing on and look at what's actually going on. Like, I think it was more of to me. He was trying to, like, push that message and that narrative to us. Um, so I but I never thought about, like, you know, why didn't why wouldn't it be? And I guess because it's his song, too. I was like, oh, well, he has to do it because that's what's going to draw attention. But that's a that's a good that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I get what he was trying to say because um, we are easily distracted as a society, yeah. and we're we're paying attention honestly all the time to the wrong things, and so it's like even the simple thing like we were talking about gas prices going up, but because the news is so inundated with just Trump scandal, um, Stormy Daniels, we're not seeing the stuff that's actually going on, and then we got injustices happening on a regular basis with black people um them obviously being black in america has become something worthy of just being the a police it's illegal on you. Yeah, yeah call the police yeah and that's not being really highlighted it's being highlighted a little bit because black twitter but on the mainstream news it's not being highlighted as much because there are so many other things that's clouding um the more weightier issues in america right so yeah but this being black in america thing is really it's scary because i mean we got students they call the police on students at what yale yeah for being in the common area at a school at the a dormitory that has a key access so you already can't just walk up in there you see somebody sleep in the common area when i was a student at UNF, I stayed on campus the first year. We had a comment area. People were laying down in there all the time. Nobody thought to call the police on them. Right. Because the, it's a key entry. You're not in there unless you have a key or your friend lets you in. <sighs> it's, it's the whole, like, just the whole concept. I, so what's interesting is all of these things are happening one after the other after the other. I really feel like they just they just had a meeting was like you know what this gonna be our new thing we just gonna call the police on them and we just gonna let the ducks fall like how how they may like that's gonna be our thing let's call the police on them and they'll fix them because <laughs> it really all of them did you see it was um i think it was they said it was bob marley's granddaughter uh mm-hmm. she was With like airbnb? airbnb yeah and i actually watched uh i watched an interview from cnn on youtube today with her and the neighbor, they played the audio of when the neighbor called the police and she said, there's these strange people. Um, there's these strange people that are here. And I was looking at them and she said they didn't wave at me. She's like, they didn't wave at me or do the things that neighbors would do. And I immediately got frustrated because I was like, see, this is the reason that being further north 
kind of starts to bother me because, you know, from the South, we normally speak to people. We're walking down, you know, just a, a walkway and you see somebody you normally speak. Right. But mm-hmm. I start to kind of notice. And I remember one of my friends pointed it out when like in being in like the Georgetown area was like, yo, you're speaking to these people being Southern. But that actually works and it's like a it's you're they're getting something from it and they have an expectation for you to speak to them because it's like, oh, this is my space. What are you doing here? But if you speak to me, you're acknowledging their existence. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't even think about it that that deep. And then hearing her say that I got so frustrated because I was like, dang, people. There's new ways for you to dehumanize me which is finding making it seem as if i gotta speak to you in order for me to let you know that hey it's okay don't be afraid of me like i belong it's like disarming to you and you have this expectation and so when i don't do it you think oh this person's out of place you got a problem she was like oh they wouldn't make eye contact with me why do they have to make eye contact with you lady who are you like what is it about you that makes you think People have to make eye contact with you or call them. And then hearing people say stuff like, oh, well, she is a homeowner in the neighborhood. You know, she was just doing if somebody was actually robbing them and she saw it, then people would have been people would the homeowners would expect her to actually do something about it. It's like, OK, but I'm sure they were not the first Airbnb that that person had. So she should have been aware or has seen other people coming in and out of that house that she didn't know. Why is it that these people you felt the need to call the police on? Like, just come on, man. It's 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 BS. That complexion. Complexion that was for the, protection. That was the issue. Well, the complexion without protection. We black. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> I think that it's 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 so annoying, and it and it even goes to your homegirl in uh, Oakland that called. First off, if y'all haven't watched the full video of the full interaction, it is <laughs> hilarious. When Mama started crying, great. yo. When Mama started crying, I was I was floored. Like what the? <laughs> she was legit. They're harassing me. Like what? What? What's going on, lady? Huh? It's amazing how, and I, I don't want to say zero, but white tears. Not all people do this, but sometimes those white tears come out of nowhere. Uh, you remember when I was telling you about the lady who said, "Why can't they even like Martin Luther King and start crying?" It's like just at a drop of a hat, they yeah. could just flow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and 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 be so impassioned. I think. To me, the thing that is is crazy is like you didn't know you came to these people, right? These people were barbecuing, just minding their own business. You came to them saying that, hey, it's illegal. You aren't law enforcement, right? Mm-hmm. If it's illegal and they're going to get in trouble, I'm sure they have park services or park ranger or somebody. And this is the middle of the day. It's not even like it's nighttime. Right. And so maybe somebody is sneaking and doing it. Maybe they will miss it. And this is putting you in immediate danger. It's not. And then she was like, you can't have a charcoal grill, but you can have I'm assuming a gas grill you can have. Which to me was crazy because it's like, well, if I have a gas grill, then I'm probably going to have a propane tank out of here. So potentially the reason that you don't want to have a grill out here is because things could catch fire. Something going to catch fire easier with propane gas or with a slow burning charcoal. Let's think about it, lady. Like, come on. 
Yeah, and I think what happened was she read that wrong, and it probably said you can only have charcoal, you cannot have propane, and she read it wrong. Maybe she had some dyslexic type of thing going on, and she misread it, or you know, she just knew she was right. She just knew she was right, and she was dead wrong. Because I'm like, common sense was like, at every park I go to, when they have those little grills, they're only for charcoal. They're not propane. Yeah, I've never seen propane for an outdoor grill, and I just, that's I, not at a house or something. I've the, always the whole charcoal. logic for it though. It just yeah, I, I kept trying to. I was trying to think. I was like, okay, so what? In what way would this be justifiable? Her calling the police, right? Maybe if she saw them start a fire, you know, a campfire on the grass. And it was like, hey, this is dangerous because this actually can get out of hand. We're right by the road. People around here, maybe they could burn up, perhaps. But it's a it's 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 a charcoal grill, lady. Like <laughs> it's burning inside the grill. It was just I kept saying, I was like, you know what? I feel like she wanted to be invite invited to the cookout. She realized she wouldn't, so she was just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna. I'm going to call the police. But then the kicker, too, is which I didn't realize from just seeing the memes and like the clips. She called the police two hours before they they came up and started recording. She said nobody came. <laughs> what? Like, lady, get a life. Find something else to do. You called the police two hours before nobody came. And so you decided, oh, let me go and call them again. Like, what are you, what's happening? What, what is going on here, lady? Like, what is wrong with you, yo? Wow. The fact that she waited two hours. Exactly. Waited two hours to to say, oh, they still out here? All right. And then she was crying and she was like telling the police officer at the end of the video I saw. She was like, I called the police two hours ago and you guys didn't come. Lady, because you called them and said, oh, somebody's grilling at the park. And they were probably like, wait, what? (laughs) You mean they're grilling outside? They're probably not even grilling no more two hours later. Two hours later, lady. It's probably over. (laughs) I'm sure they're packing up. Getting out okay. of it. Yeah. I This is some foolery. People. People, people, people. It's just about as crazy as um Azalea Banks comments about Cardi B. Have you been following that whole little saga? Yes, and Azalea, it's really not that serious. It really isn't. I feel like she has a new album coming out and she knew that if I create a buzz and include Cardi B in it then people know that it's my my album is coming out because the thing about like i was thinking about this the other day because everybody has a streaming service now mm-hmm. usually people you just talking it about them makes people just look up their their song because right. they technically don't have to buy it you know what right, i'm saying right so you just you like oh so is they talking about cardi let me see what she got in this song because she a female th- rapper too and mm-hmm. yeah i get it so you stream it but it only helps her because now you it's about how many streams you can get not necessarily who buys your album who goes and buy yeah it's so, I, but I, why we keep giving her a platform i think that's my question why do we keep giving her a platform so i'm a person that's always like yo you can if a person is talented even you can like I can acknowledge talent, right? So if you're talented, I can say this person's talented. There's not, 
I haven't heard an, uh, a lot of her music. Um, the one song that I heard, this was years ago, was her song 212, which I thought Oh, she's been cool. out years? Yeah, she's been out for a minute, like, making music. And mm-hmm. I liked the song, like, 212. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. But that was it. Like, but, And I never really went to go find any more of her music. But I can give it to her. Like, oh, you got some talent. Like, it's cool. But I keep wondering, why do we keep giving her platforms? Like, why is she coming up to the Breakfast Club when literally all she does is her MO is just to pick fights with people. She finds the people that are popping, that's getting the most uh, spins, the most people talking about them now. And she got something to say. It was interesting to me because I was like, I remember when she was talking about, like, Beyonce and and saying that you know she's overrated and you know she's not a good role model yada 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 now somehow she is comparing Cardi B to Beyonce and she's saying like oh you know I started this whole like woke movement of of you know it being okay for these pop girls to talk about social issues i started it and they start doing it and now we got cardi be like lady what are you talking about who who even cares like that's why i won't that's literally why i will not click on her interview and watch (laughs) it is because i'm like i don't want you to get i don't want to hate watch this which i feel like a lot of people do people hate watch hate listen hate support people and it just continues to increase their platform. And I'm like, yo, why are we doing this? If we really want to stop the problem, stop listening to her. Let her talk to herself. Let's stop supporting the platform. I want to say stop supporting the platforms. But when she's on a platform, stop supporting it. They'll stop bringing it. I promise you. Yeah, I really want her to go away. Because if not, and and I, I know Cardi B responded to her. And they were having some, you know, going back and forth. But Cardi B was like, why are you saying that I'm stupid? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, the fact that she was, you know, trying to insinuate that Cardi B was dumb, I think that's ridiculous and mad disrespectful. Exactly. And simultaneously um, saying that Cardi B is bringing down black women and a poor <laughs> representation of black women, but then you are going in on a nut. Like, what do you. Shut up, lady. Just, just stop. Why can't. You know, we need more demonstrations like the Red Table Talk. Because Jada and Cherie, uh, which is Jada Pickett Smith, is obviously his current wife, and Cherie Smith is his ex-wife. And the fact that they were able to talk and sit down and talk about the fact that they used to cuss each other out, and it's just all love now, is amazing to me. Because that's a level of maturity I don't think the world has seen a lot of. Yeah. I I loved every second of that interview. Um so I appreciated it for the reasons of it reminded me of like my mom and my stepmom. Mm-hmm. And there was always like, I don't know if necessarily know if it was like, I don't remember a time where they went off on each other, but it was just kind of this, you know, you stay in your lane. I stay in my lane, whatever. I don't really got, I don't really mess with you like that. And it was kind of just like this mutual, I don't even want to call it tension because I don't know if I really felt like it was tension, but it's just kind of like that discomfort, uncomfortable thing, like the ex-wife and the current wife. It's just not something that really happens. But I remember when I graduated from community college and my mom and my stepmom drove down together. Uh, my mom drove my stepmom rolling. It's just the two of them in the car. And they had all these like inside jokes and they was just laughing and talking 
and it really made me feel happy because I was like, I appreciate, and I'm I know that is it could be hard on both sides, but I appreciate when we see this happen for um both like for for both for the child but really for both people like you can get to a place where you let go of whatever it was that was uncomfortable and i just really thought it was dope now i know that apparently i've well i've heard i saw like a a clip today that said apparently jada admitted to somebody that her and will started dating before he was officially divorced um and that was kind of like a conversation but even in the midst of that to me i just thought it was dope that they we're able to get to a place where they can have a conversation and kind of talk about it and they'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just, the fact that they even had Christmases together, like they did all of those things just because they put the children first and to be able to say, I think for Sheree to be able to say to Jada, like you were a good bonus mom. Yeah. And her, Jada to say you were a good mom and them to cry and then you know it's just like man like to acknowledge the good in another person and to say and I thought it was big of Jada to even say I don't know if this was on a regular clip or the uh the extra clip but she was like you know I thought Will you love Cherie like you love her and it's not like a romantic love but to just be able to be big enough to say that to understand the emotions of people that just because you're disconnected from that person doesn't mean you don't love that person and don't have to make that person hide their love because of your insecurities but being able to say like Jaden said Jada said I had to own my stuff and realize if I was mad because it was legitimately something that you did or my own insecurities and I had yeah. to get that yeah I I I freaking love it. And I know people I, I'm interested to hear what <laughs> what people have to say about it. Um like our listeners have to say about it cuz I I know there are a lot of people like I was talking to one of my homegirls and she was just like I ain't, I ain't got time for that. Like no. I'm Why not she had time for it? I didn't um, know anybody who did like it. Yeah, she was just kind of like I feel like it was it was forced. I feel like she kind of feels like the the first wife or the ex-wife usually always has to be kind of forced to get into that space. And I was like, well, based on, for me, based on what they said, I don't know if she was necessarily forced and it was something that she probably grew into because they had moments where they cursed each other out. When they said like, she was like, she called uh, Jada Pinkett a B and was like, B, you know, the house that you live in, I picked it out. And she responded, well, it's mine now. I feel like that's authentic I don't mess with you. We we made it very clear. <laughs> and if I see you on the street, it might be something. I feel like they made it very clear. And she lived in how she felt in that moment. But then it evolved because it's, it's like, well, this situation is not going to change, though. So your child, she said, like her child was around her and said, I really like her. I want to get her a gift. She was nice to your child. She is his wife I, I don't and then what i also thought was interesting too was um what's her name sharice she said that she was the one that left will mm-hmm. which was to me was really big too because i feel like a lot of times people if you leave a situation and then you see the person that you left doing good in another situation it creates all of this 
being upset and I don't even want to say bitter because I feel like bitter is kind of dismissive saying like oh you bitter so it's kind of dismissing your feelings like whatever feelings you had or whatever reason she left pretty sure that they were good enough reasons and they were valid but seeing that person become immensely happy and have this successful relationship can be intimidating and can be problematic but for her to know that she did that and still just kind of be like yeah it's I, I, I'm cool with opening up to you and moving forward and seeing what this can be I just thought it was really dope. I I I, and I was glad that that was the first episode because I feel like it kind of set for me it set the tone of what to expect. Now I say that saying that I haven't watched this week's episode, but the first one was really dope. <laughs> yeah, and I watched the Facebook Live too, where they talked about it like two days later, where they went live, uh, Jade and Cherie. Oh, I didn't and know they, that. Okay. they went more in depth the fact that Jada said she was so adamant on making this relationship work because her stepdad was she was really close but once her and him and her mom divorced she felt like he pushed her to the side and she oh. never wanted Trey to feel that because she's lived with that pain yeah. for her most of her life and she didn't want him to feel that and Cherie had her own issues with like not having like her whole family together and she didn't want her son to feel that pain so they both had a sense of pain from broken relationships that they didn't want him to feel so they worked from that pain to make sure he didn't have to feel the level of pain that they felt. Nice. So that's what kind of was the motivator for that. Dang, that's even, I mean, that's, that's even better. Like I'm about to, I'm about to check that out. Cause I feel like that just adds more context to why I even liked it. Cause there's certain things that they talked about that I feel like they didn't really dive too in deep. And it could have just been the way that they edited it to not make it, you know so long but i feel like there were certain things that i had no people that had questions about or mentioned having questions and i feel like i was interested to see more of them going deeper of why they did certain things so knowing that it's, it's like oh, okay this is what i thought <laughs> yeah i think that's amazing so y'all tell us what y'all thought about today's mimosas and orange juice what y'all think about danny glover childish bam is it childish gambino yeah. Childish Gambino. Um, this is America. Being black in America, are you afraid? Are you just annoyed that this is going on? Let us know what y'all think. Let us know what y'all think about Cardi B and Azalea Banks and the Red Table Talk. We thought Red Table Talk was amazing. So let us know if y'all had a different view and y'all like, oh, I can't roll with that. Hit us <laughs> up. <laughs> Hashtag chat BC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would love to interact with you. And we'll be back with our main dish. Well, we're back with our main dish. Today's main dish is how do we have discussions about black issues in a public space? And this is if you listen to our last episode, we talked about Tyrone Hankerson Jr. And he was a Howard student and he got blamed for embezzlement. And after the social media tirade and being blasted on social media and the kicks and giggles with the memes, which I found hilarious. Uh, I'm so sorry. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) my bad. That was me. I hit the last. (laughs) I hit my phone with the last episode on iTunes. I started playing the episode. My bad. (laughs) No problem. The Tyrone Hankerson and, and the memes, the kicks and giggles we got from the memes. I know I laughed 
hilarious. But then after I watched the Roland Martin interview, I was like, it looks like I still thought on some parts he wasn't being completely honest because when he was like, I never got four hundred something thousand, and then when you added up the years you were there and the fact that you got a full ride, that kind of adds up to four hundred thousand. But I was like, maybe he's talking about the exact amount. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's right. a roundabout. So I was like, uh, he was like. I, I don't have a Range Rover, but then he was like, I got an Affinity. And I was like, but fam, that's it's still <laughs> like, you didn't say I got a Hyundai, a Hyundai. You said Infinity, and you only work during the summer. So, and your mom can't afford. So it was just a lot of things, but I don't think he embezzled money. Um, just like Randall was, you know, articulating, like, I, he, you was trying to figure out how he could do that. Right. And it's how you were right, he couldn't. Um, <laughs> And so he didn't do that, but it does seem like he got special treatment from the administration to get access to money that other people didn't have access to. <laughs> so, yeah, they found money for him, uh, which is probably why they got fired. <laughs> right. um, but in that, you know, we're talking about in the public how HBCUs, you know, tend to have money issues. But then again, we know white institutions who have those issues. I think it was it was it, uh, Ivy League school. I can't remember was it Harvard or what, but their administration was kind of somebody was getting money too. So, but it was kind of kept on the low, on the hush, because you know how they do. So it happens in colleges, but that led us to start thinking about how should we talk about black issues in public? Because then we want to talk about it, but then we have like white friends on social media. We got white people just in the media general. It's like, we don't want to bash our own people because we're trying to lift ourselves up. But then we got to talk about this stuff. Right. Um, so yeah. What, what, how are you thinking about that, Randall? Uh, so it's really complicated, obviously. Um, we have, so a lot of us, I'll say this, because talking to so many people, a lot of us in our households, I'm going to say in a black hole, in a black household, in my black household, I'll say that we were taught to keep in-house business in-house. <laughs> so whatever happened in our house stayed in our house, which is something that I, can be very dangerous. Right. If, if, if carried out to the T, somebody could be being abused. There could be things that maybe you're not getting um maybe you need support or whatever you're just not getting that and opening your mouth and telling somebody could get you the support that you need so i think a lot of us kind of carry that school of thought from historically from you know this place of having to protect the family from outside forces that were always trying to find a way to tear it apart right so we kind of mm -hmm. developed that and so i say that to say that i think that that is the basis of why we in turn struggle with this when it comes to other things um, is because some of us have maintained that school of thought, that school of thought of if there's an issue, we're going to keep it in house. And others of us maybe weren't taught that or just realized the, the effects of that and say, you know what, I don't want to carry that into my life now. So I want to be open and talk about it. And so I think about one of my friends that attended at HBCU, one of my really good friends, and he will not discuss HBCU business with me because I didn't because I didn't attend an HBCU. And then also because I didn't attend his HBCU, because even within 
the con the, the context of discussing problems, we've been around another friend that attended a HBCU, but they attended two different HBCUs. And he's like, I'm not having this conversation with you because this is going to in turn make my university look bad. And I'm not engaging in that. Um, and so I think that it, it's complicated and it's a fine line, but for the sake, I feel like transparency in the right way with the right people can always be productive. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that we should have these discussions. I don't always know if I think the internet is the best place to have them. <laughs> Just because, you know, I always talk about everybody ha- have opinions. And so because of those opinions, those opinions c- can be coming from places that are ill-informed, not informed, that are upset, that are very emotional. And so it starts to cause damage. But because of the time that we live in, it's impossible to have any discussion without it being on the Internet. And so that's why I say that is really complicated because I think that on one hand, it is beneficial to have these discussions and we should have these discussions. But then I also know that, you know, ignorance is inevitable. And so ignorance will come along and we'll have these discussions and people will take something that is not unique to black people And make it unique to black people because we aren't having the discussions in other circles. And I think that is with considering that I still think that we should have the discussions. I still think that they're productive. Um, I think that in the case of thinking about like Tyrone Hankerson, you know, had we not had had he not had this discussion with Roland Martin. We probably it's very easy to go along with the narrative of he embezzled money, Um, especially when people when you think about it, you think this is somebody that works for the university. And you also know that people got fired. You don't know if it's this person that got fired, but you know that people got fired. You also know that he no longer works for the university. Um, but he is also still a student there. And so with those holes, if you just look at those in a vacuum and look at them by themselves um, without connecting how they're related or not related, you will think that, hey, this is Tyrone Hankerson that did this. But him having this conversation in the open space, it starts to really challenge things. And so, like I like I mentioned before, I was like, I just don't know how a student can do this. A student worker. I was a student worker. I dealt with student accounts. I dealt with with finances in, you know, the a university system. I didn't go to an HBCU, but HBCUs are not unique in that they don't use the same type of internal controls or systems that you know financial systems that every other university uses right it might be called something different but the basic functions are the same and so as a student i mean yeah it would have been great to be able to go and say okay randall well you have this x amount of financial need we're gonna award you this amount of money like i ain't had a kind of power i wish but i didn't <laughs> like and most people most students won't have it but him discussing that and him having that interview, it started to make people think a little more critically about, hey, what's going on? So I think from that regard, for me, it's like it's beneficial. It definitely is like having these discussions are good, but we got to have them in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so hard because it's like we're trying to protect something we love and something that's helped us. Right. Um. And then at the same time, there's Howard students like this is toxic. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have um, the the space. That, I mean, y'all aren't making my living conditions livable. Like right, that, right. I can get sick. Right. And so something that's and we actually talked about this a little bit on a different note before we start recording. Something that's so toxic, something that's so beautiful and helpful to one person can be equally toxic to another. Exactly. And the person that experienced the toxicity of the situation wants to voice that so other people won't have that same experience. experience right. And this other person is trying to say, hey, no. I want people to have the experience I had, so I don't need us to address this in public. We got to cover it up. And it's like, yeah, you having a good experience, but somebody else is not. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, so how do we balance those two? So I, I think that we always have to be mindful of not not making things, not associating things with black people. So I was mm-hmm. at a game night last night and one of the things really frustrated me was this person kept saying, this is what black people get on my nerves. Cause black people always do this insert anything. And that it literally boils my blood because I think when we carry that type of mindset out as even as like as black people, we carry that out. And then that adds to why everything is like, this is just the way it is for the blacks. Right. And Black people do this. Black people do this thing. And I think when we have these discussions, we have to be very careful to make it an HBCU thing in the the Howard University instance and and just a, a thing in general being late. Right. If we start talking about tardiness amongst people. I know it's we all do it in good fun and joke CP time like we all joke about it like it's cool but I think that when we're trying to have a a constructive conversation about you know maybe the effects of being uh, tardy to work and if we we automatically associate that thing with black people and just saying you know black people do this we start to invite these negative comments that basically make it seem like to people outside of the black community and even people inside of the black community, but mainly outside of the black community it make it seem like, Oh, that's something that black people do. Um, and so it's like, it goes from just being this, it goes from just being this one-off instance or these, you know, this is something that a lot, these people do to it being like, Oh, you're a black person and you're here 15 minutes early. Oh man, you're a different type of black. And it's like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do we get there? And I think we end up doing things like that. When we have these conversations um, about black issues, we end, we end up talking about how, black people are more inclined to do one thing or we more than likely do this or black people do this. And that just invites all of these negative stereotypes that can be warranted in some, in some instances, but are very not warranted in other instances, but people continue to move as if they are. And it, it really, it really is a problem. It, It really does perpetuate those things. And so when we, when we're trying to, address stuff because if we agree that it's helpful to have the conversation then we have to agree that there are certain ways that we should go about having those conversations and there are certain things that we should try to shy away from making these these like blanket statements about what black people do that's you know that's not bad and then i think another thing that we should be trying to do is find instances 
where a similar situation has happened at an, another university, but not to say just to say that, well, University of Central Florida also did this. And that's a white school. But to say the University of Central Florida did this. Here is how they overcame it. Mm-hmm. Here are the controls that they set in place to make sure that this didn't happen anymore. Here is how it was discovered. You know what I'm saying? And so when we're having and, and I'm, we're going using the, the Howard University, Ty- Tyrone Hankerson issue, when we're having a discussion about it, we are connecting it to an instance, a similar in- instance that happened at another university that may not be an HBCU so that we can say, Let's not just talk about this, but let's learn from this. (laughs) Let's get to a place where we can figure out why this or that this has happened at other places and we can learn from it. Um, We hear about it a lot. You know, Howard University, I think uh, there have been things that have been said about FAMU and BCU and all of these other big time HBCUs that we know. And. I hear the discussion of the problem, but I rarely hear us discussing the the outcomes and the findings and, and how it was discovered and what what we can do as black people, as people that are part of the university community. What types of things can we say, hey, this was discovered at this other university. Let's address it. Let's make sure that we cover our bases at our university. I don't, I don't, not saying that they don't happen, but I don't hear us having those same types of conversations. And so I think that in us having the conversations, we end up having like unproductive conversations. And so it's just like a bunch of like talking heads and we aren't really talking about how to overcome this. So we're not back in the same situation. Cause many times, I think a lot of times what we see is that, We'll have these debates about stuff and then we find ourselves or our institutions back in the same situation. And it's like, wait, was nobody talking about learning? If we're all one community, right, and we're all achieving the same goal, which is like our the, the uplift of our people, the uplift of the race of and of the culture, then maybe there's some things that we should kind of share to make sure that we're not, you know, recreating the same situations and because if 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 Howard looks bad, fam, you automatically looks bad. Yeah. Because they're going to be connected through this idea that you're all HBCUs. Yeah. And I guess the toxic nature of a the are are just thinking in general that one portion of I always like to use the body illustration. If one portion of the body is is hurt that means we throw the whole body away. Like we don't do that in real life. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> if, if your leg is broke, you go and get your leg taken care of and put a cast on it. That don't mean you just kill a person because they're useless. And I think we think of organizations that way. Oh, if the if the financial aid department is jacked up, throw the whole school away. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like, no, you don't treat your body like that. Like think of it like your body. If your finger is broke, you fix your finger. You don't walk around telling people like your finger broke. Nah, that, my finger ain't broke. Don't talk about broken fingers around me, dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> no broken fingers. I don't want to hear it. Right? You coughing up blood. You don't want to get it. Uh, uh-uh. uh. It's not. Ain't right. nothing wrong with me. This red juice. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but when we think of organizations, we think of it that way. And I'm. And I and I, I've even thought of organizations that way. So I don't mm-hmm. want to make it seem like it's like. Man, Lisa, train your mind to see it just like you see your body. Exactly. Like, 
a part needs to be fixed, let's address that part. And then that doesn't diminish the value of your body. It just means that this part needs, needs help. And along with that, I think it's having fair, like, and in line with that, having balanced conversations. So as much as we discuss, and it's human nature, right? We like controversy and scandal and just things that are, like, not... (laughs) Things that kind of make our situations and the struggles of our lives feel like not as bad i really feel like that's been the appeal of reality tv for so long you get to see a bunch of people that are crazy and they have all kinds of things that like issues that seem worse than what you have to deal with um in your day-to-day life and so you enjoy it so we we know that it's human nature but i feel like we have to have balanced conversations when we talk about black issues right so if we're talking about something and in, in an authentic, honest way. So if we are going to dive into the details of the scandal at Howard University or the things that black people need to do to get better, we need to have an equally intentional and in-depth discussion about things that are doing great at these universities, right? We need to be talking about um, how... Yo, what was this person's path? This person came from this university, but not just saying that, hey, um, I'm going to use this. I know he did. So like Anika Nooney Rose is an alumnus of uh, alumni of uh, FAMU. I'm sorry, alumna of FAMU. We're not just going to say that, hey, you know, she we shouldn't just say that, oh, she's there and then start talking about the issues at FAMU. Maybe we should say, hey, Anika Nooney Rose is an alumna of FAMU. But here was her experience. Here are the specific things that Anika Nooney Rose. Let's discuss with her why it's important for her to, um, you know, talk about what did she learn specifically from FAMU? What was it about that experience that she believes was unique that shaped her into the person she was? Was it just the fact of sitting in the classroom? Was it the way that she socialized? Was it the way that she saw different types of black people? And let's have a discussion about that. And so let's be as equally invested in the positive things that go along in black culture as we are in the negative things. Um, Let's talk about one of the things I love about black people is that we can always get together and find a way to laugh and have a good time. Um, in the most like pretentious tight knit situations. And then let's also talk about one of the things that annoy me is that, Hey, I believe that we're always late. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let's have, let's have both of those conversations and let's see more of those conversations about the good things that are going on in, in, in black culture so that it seems more balanced. Cause I think we really, and I, I feel like it was kind of overkill um, when Howard University, when the Howard University thing story was leaked. I kept seeing people post about, you know, it's not surprising because this happens at all HBCUs. And I'm like, but I mean, does it happen in all institutions in general, though? Like, <laughs> like, I really think that this is not like an HBCU plague that, I mean, it could be, but I don't think it's really an an HBCU plague that just only HBCUs experience. I think that maybe these other institutions are really diving down to like the, the issue, the one particular person or the people that cause this issues and they're eradicating those people and they are 
being open or at least making sure that it don't come out in that same way. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it's like a media thing. Well, another thing that made me think about, you know, what power we do or don't have in this is there was an article that said in light of all of this Facebook stuff that's coming out, it said that one of the biggest, the most popular or most followed Facebook pages for black lives matter was actually put together by a, um, I don't know if it was like a Russian company or it was somebody that was trying to spew like anti-black propaganda. And when you think about it, you're like, wait, it's a Black Lives Matter page and they're spewing the, the page is about Black Lives Matter. Right. But they're putting out like anti-black like propaganda, but they're not doing it in a very overt way. It's in a subtle way. It's in a subtle way to say that. Again, I'm going to just keep harping on this because I feel like this is something that everybody's heard. Black people are late. And so maybe there might just be one article that this this site posts that starts the debate and the discussion about lateness of black people. Right. And so then we keep having these discussions on our social media page or when we have it on this page. The rest of our audience and followers can see it. And so our non-black people see it and then they click on it and then they're getting more. And it's like. It's perpetuating this idea, media and propaganda. One of the things that we all, you know, have heard or know that exists. And so it's like we could be having that's why I say we have to have the tools to like have these discussions in, in a, a very like careful way, because if we don't, then we'll be susceptible to something like this, where somebody's sole goal is to pre- present themselves as if they are supporting us and a part of the mute, the movement and helping but they're subtly trying to hurt and to diminish. And then we, because we see these things and we know people that these things apply to, we have these discussions and it ends up just being worse and following the narrative that they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I want people to stop and and you said this already, but stop using always and never. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like those are things that we shouldn't say to categorize any group of people. Because it's it's not the case. <laughs> the generalizations hinder. I have a friend right now scared to go do the work late, even if it's warranted, just because he, he's like, uh-uh, because you know they say all black people late, so I can't be late because I don't want to. Like, he's, he Better feels like he's carrying, the, he's carrying enough. He got the whole uh, pressure of a race on his back. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It has that extra anxiety because people say black people always like, you know. Yeah. So. Better than I am. I like. <laughs> and this is interesting, too, because I'm that way about tipping. I always leave a minimum of 20 percent of whatever my bill is because I'm very. I, I that stereotype of black people don't tip and people giving poor service or not wanting to serve black people. I carry that with me, but in terms of like black people being late, especially in terms of like a professional setting, I'm always like, unless it's like a meeting where I have to be here, honestly, if I do my job at 8 a.m. or do it, if I start doing it at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 or 10 a.m., it's still going to get done for that day. So like, you like, I'm on salary. Yeah, it's like, it's fine. Like, it don't really matter. But then on top of that, I'm also kind of like, my work product speaks for itself. And so it's not like, you know, even if you thought, oh, all black people are late, then you also have to employ or unless it's ignorant of you. You also have to sign up for 
he gets here late or they get here late, but they go above and beyond at this job. So they really put in a lot of work and effort. They spend a lot of time. The quality of work product is so good. I don't really care. And that has been my experience in the professional world that thank God, because I am not when I worked, when I did that, like part time stint working in retail, I literally had to have a conversation with them and say, hey, look, I need you to set my start time at this time, but I'm probably not going to really come into this time. And I know for scheduling purposes, you need me to stick to a time. So maybe on your end, you say this time, but just truthfully, the way that I operate, I kind of need a rolling time. (laughs) I can't. You telling me to be here at this very minute, at some point in time, I'm going to feel like, but I got something else that's going on. I don't really... And it's it's really flawed, but I've, you know, it worked. They, my work product was worthy enough that they were like, hey, this is cool. And like I said, I'm not one of those people that's like, absolutely, I I can't make a, a, a time on time. Like, I, I absolutely can. Like, if I need to be here for something and I have to be there at that time, okay, then I'll be there at that time. But preference for me is that I got a rolling time. So that gives me kind of some leeway. So that's like... Yo, if I didn't get no gas, I can stop and get gas with ease. I'm not killing myself. Um, if I want to like kick hit hit the snooze button for like 20 extra minutes, I can. And you know, I mean, who cares? Like, it's cool. So anyway, that's an aside. But I I definitely think that like it, it's true that people we carry this, and it, and it's unfortunate, but. I think I, I acknowledge that I don't carry it in one way like your friend, but I definitely carry it in the other way of, hey, fam, um, I'm not leaving anything less than a 20 percent tip. And if it's bad service, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you the 20 percent, but then I'm going to leave it, give it to you. And as soon as you come and take my check so that you can see that I gave you your just due, I need to speak to a manager so I can let them know that I don't want anything from you. I don't want anything free. This service was trash. I will never be returning. (laughs) This person should be taking taken off. It happened to me in New York and I was at brunch with one of my friends. Um, Our waitress refused to come over to our table to like engage us like. She dropped off. She gave us the means. They gave us the means when we sat down. She came over and took our access. If we had a drink order, we said, um, yeah, we just wanted water. She came back. She hadn't even gotten the water. She came back and asked us if we were ready for food. We gave her the food order. She literally brought everything at once, drink and food, dropped it down, and we didn't see her anymore. But the tables next to us, she kept coming to them, frequently came to them. So and she was actually a black girl, too. So I was like, all wow. right, cool. Yeah, I was like, all right, cool. Old girl came by um, to ch- to check us out. Like I was like choking. I'm like, dang, I had one water. I ain't got nothing else. But that's cool. I ended up having to get water from another waiter. When she came back, she dropped off the check. I left her the 20 percent tip. And as she picked it up, she looked at it. She picked it up the rec- she picked up the receipt, looked at the receipt and then put it in her pocket and she was like, "Oh, thank you." And I said, I was like, "Um, can I see your can I see your manager? Can you get a manager?" And she was like, "Oh, what's going on?" I was like, "I just want to speak to a manager." The manager came over, she conveniently was at the table next to us and I went ham. I was like, she came to the table twice. 
literally twice. That is it. The third time was to bring us our checks, of which she looked at it to see if I was going to tip her right. And I was like, I don't want anything for you. He was like, well, I can comp. I said, no, I don't want anything for you because I don't want you or her or anybody in this establishment to think that I'm doing this to get something to get something for free because I don't want anything for free. I just want you to know I refuse to come back here. Everybody that I know that vi- that visits New York will know not to come back here because that before that reason. And then the girl ended up walking over and she was just like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. There must be a misunderstanding. I didn't realize that I didn't come to your table. And the it was like a white couple that was across from us. And the lady turned around is a white lady. And she was like, I agree. I watched them. She was like, I watched them sit there with empty drinks. She came to our table and engaged with us. I didn't remember that I had drank my water because she was here to fill the water. She thought y'all wasn't going to tip anyway. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To the white people, exactly, exactly. And I was so like, I end up thanking the lady. I was like, "Hey, thank you for supporting." And she was like, "No, my husband, uh, he he noticed it as well." And he said, "She was like, he noticed it because you kept turning around and looking." He was like, "Hey, I think the guys want, he wants service and he's not getting it." And I was like, "Yeah, like it's it's pretty jacked up." And you know, you can't never say it's because of my race, but I'm I'm wondering what is it? And it is hard to even say it was my race too, because she was a black girl. So people be like, Oh, she not racist, but it's like, yeah, she has a racist ideal that she thinks, Oh, they're not gonna tip me anyway. So let me not go above and beyond. Let me butter up these white people because they got the real tip. Oh, okay. Yep. So yeah. Y'all tell us what y'all think about the main dish to y'all how do y'all talk about black issues in public do you not talk about it are you afraid to talk about it are you walking on eggshells let us know hashtag chat bc on facebook instagram and twitter we want to hear from you and we'll be back with our toaster roast Well, we're back with our toast or roast. Today, I want to roast gas prices. Now, usually for the in the past uh, few months, I've just been getting gas, not paying attention to the prices because you know it's av- it was averaging right around that two twenty mark. You know, while uh, forty four was in office, and <laughs> you know sometimes under that. You know, it wasn't that right. Where it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida about two twenty. Mm-hmm. So you just go get gas. You don't think about it. Well, in the recent month, I've been noticing that when I put the uh, gas thing, it's taking a little longer to fill up. I'm like, what's going on? Two forty, two fifty, two seventy, two eighty. At some places, and I just really want to know what happened to this MAGA. Uh, Make America great again nonsense because everything is going up apparently. Making America great for somebody else, apparently, because it was never, it's never been great. So, but we can make gas cheap again now. That's what we need. To <laughs> that's what we need to put on that. <laughs> make gas, cheap, make again. gas cheap again. <laughs> when it used to be 25 cents and stuff like that when my grandparents was alive. Well, my grandparents still alive, but when my grandparents were younger, Jesus. <laughs> put them in the uh yeah don't yeah in, yeah <laughs> we just playing they that. still here ain't <laughs> <Go> to them <laughs> didn't mean to say that at all but when they were younger 
um, gas was cheap like that. So we need to make gas cheap again. And aren't we supposed to be relying more on energy and our own fuel? If that's what, because we isolate ourselves from the rest of the world, apparently. Um, yeah. But I knew when he back when he said he was going to back out of Iran deal, I knew gas was going to go up some more. I knew that was just going to happen. Yeah. I. It's just, it's a mess. I told I just, you I rolled up to the gas station to fill up a rental car, which I always feel a little slighted when I got to fill up the rental car. And it said two eighty nine, and I was like, "Wait, I got to pay how many dollars? What? <laughs> like was that the gas station by the airport? Or no, was that- it was actually it was like I was in Jacksonville, was like on like Riverside. It was like the one on Riverside. Oh yeah. And I was like, can we? Y'all can't slide like a little water in here and <laughs> even it out a little bit. Like this ain't my car. I'm good. It's crazy, and I feel like the gas not even lasting as long as it used to be. It's a, everything is a scam. I told you, <laughs> it's all scammy. It's all scammy. I ain't That's your new favorite phrase. <laughs> it's all a scam. It is all a scam. I ain't with it. Yeah, that gas. What's going on? I don't. I feel like it's about to hit three dollars this summer. I wouldn't be surprised. What What was the highest it got? Was it four dollars? I remember one t- when when um, President Bush was in le- that later time. Gas was ridiculous. Was and you know what? This is going to make flights go up. See? That's what I'm exactly. talking about. That was, I don't know if you remember, but that's the reason. And this is how flight uh, airlines are scammed still, right? Because if you don't, I don't know if you remember, but that was the reason that they start char- charging the baggage fees. Like, because they were like, oh, fuel prices have gone up. But then when fuel prices dropped, it was like, so why y'all still charge this $25? At least for the first bag. Like, can everybody be on this? The first bag is free. Nah, y'all still charging this $25. But y'all said it was for fuel prices. But that's a lie because <laughs> now they're back down. So I wonder what's going to be the thing now. Yeah, it better not be for they charging for uh the Spirit Airline where you charge for the, the carry uh, on. Yeah. Yeah, if they start charging for the carrier, that's ridiculous. I, I mean, Delta almost there because the way they add in these fees where you got to pay $50 to choose your seat. I wouldn't ridiculous. be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised at all. And you can't fly Southwest because they sucking people out of windows. So oh. it's just. <laughs> I was on Southwest to and from Jacksonville. I'll be on them next week too. Did you? What did you feel scared? Because I, I ain't that gonna lie, window I did. thing. Yo, so why this lady got on the plane? It's a complete side note, <laughs> but this lady got on the plane and I sat on the aisle and she said, "Ooh, smart man, don't sit by that window. You know what they're doing to people by the window." I was like, "Lady, as we sit on the flight, though, like as we're boarding, that's what you're gonna say." And then she ends up sitting like maybe like two rows behind me. And so I turn around. She's like, what's up? Got me an aisle too. It's like, what? As we sit on the flight though, like. Did you see that plane in China that sucked the pilot halfway out? I just, no, I didn't see it. I I, I just read something about that this morning. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, what y'all doing with these windows? JetBlue had the window shattered last week. I'm just like, can we check the windows on all the planes? Cause I've been on a flight break for like the last month, but it's about to kick up at the end of the month, and that's I just I'm scared. Yeah, I ain't got time. <laughs> what y'all doing? What y'all doing? Well, I'm going to uh, this week. I'll make it really fast. So I'm just gonna do two quick toasts. Um, one of my first toasts is gonna be for Black Panther. I actually bought the 
Blu-ray slash digital code from Best Buy yesterday. It is physically out. The physical copy is out. If you guys like Black Panther, I just want to see Black Panther do like crazy numbers in terms of the home movies. I don't even own a Blu-ray player, but I got the Blu-ray. <laughs> whole other thing. Yeah, I don't even own a Blu-ray player. So that's a whole other thing. But I really bought it for the digital code. It's $19.99 on like iTunes, which is usually how I purchase movies. But then the Blu-ray with plus a digital code was $22. So I was like, why would I? I should just pay $3 to get the physical and still have the digital. Are you going to get a Blu-ray to somebody who got a Blu-ray, Blu-ray player? I've been thinking about it, but I feel like I should just, yeah, keep. I feel like I should hang on to it. I don't know. I've been going back and forth. We'll see. That actually might be a recycled Christmas gift, but <laughs> don't tell nobody. So It'd be like, yeah, you just don't got a code, but you got the You got the Blu-ray, though. Yeah, you got the Blu-ray. Merry Christmas! This <laughs> They stopped doing the code like a little while ago. Um, another thing I want to toast really fast. I actually saw it was a meme on Instagram. So I'm going to caution y'all to say, I don't know if she really said this, but Tina knows the mother to Beyonce and Solange talked. Uh, I was like a meme that said she was doing some interview. I think it was for like Access Hollywood. And she talked about how she got both of the girls uh, counseling when they were they went to go see therapists when they were kids because Beyonce's like local fame and um it's kind of started a rift between Beyonce and Solange and Yeah, I saw that on the chat. Okay, yeah, I I saw that and I just thought I just thought it was amazing. I just want to toast to Tina and Matthew knows um for parenting because I think oftentimes what I've seen people do is see children have gripes or issues or something going on between them and it's kind of more of a they people take their approach of you just need to figure out you just need to get it done but for them as parents to see that this is an actual issue um that needs to be resolved and to decide to take measures to allow them to express themselves but to also do that so that they can come together and be closer y'all know how i feel about friendships i love friendships but i feel even more i feel friendships times 10 when it comes to like siblings and family so i just thought it was really dope and i was like kudos to them doing that during a time where people were considered crazy for going to therapists like i mean i still feel like we're still trying to work out the stigma in certain places now but we're light years ahead of what we used to be in like the 90s and the 80s so the fact that they were doing that back then kudos to them i feel like it just it's a testament to yo this is probably why they're so great because you had parents that were forward thinking and independent thinkers enough that they could do something like that without worry so toast to yeah. you uh tina i said tina knows but we were gonna say tina and matthew knows because they were raising a home with both of them um yeah and yeah so we're gonna get into this week's good vibe this week's good vibe is loyalty is revealed in our response um that is by Darius Daniels. Mhm. Yeah. Loyalty is revealed in the, in our response to choices. To choices. Gotcha. That was good. My bad. Um I think it yeah, it speaks for itself. <laughs> when we have options and we choose those options it actually tells us what we're loyal to. So <laughs> anybody can lo- be loyal when they don't have choices. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So 
um yeah i I think that's a, that's definitely a, a dope good vibe and y'all make sure y'all share the good vibe uh with people throughout the week i think one of the th- like i'll i put them in my phone obviously for show preparation and sometimes i'll just go over the good vibe and be like oh wow it's actually interesting how this is applying to this day or this situation i just had which i think is pretty dope but yeah. th- that's gonna wrap up another episode of brunch culture guys we i want to give a special shout out to all of the listeners that have reached out to us in the interim and while we've been kind of MIA um, handling personal lives and things, I pre- we definitely appreciate you guys for listening to us, rocking with us, emailing us, texting us, calling us, seeing what's going on and just looking out for the show, guys. Um, I think I'll speak for myself when I feel like I got into a, a space where I wasn't able to fulfill my duties and I was just kind of like, ah, I wonder if is this a sign and honestly getting these texts and emails and people being like, yo, what's going on? What y'all doing? Where y'all at? It was kind of it was definitely motivation of we got to get back on it we got to figure it out let's work these schedules out let's uh you know take some of these suggestions that we got to make it happen so we thank you guys for rocking with us thank you guys thank for listening you. to this episode you guys are incredible remember you can check us out on all the socials on facebook uh dot com at brunch culture on instagram at brunch underscore culture and on twitter at brunch culture and of course we have our website with all the links to our socials and our episodes which is www.brunchculturebc.com and guys as always remember here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion <laughs>